2020 has left me with two primary realizations. The first one is that time flies, and this is such an obvious cliche statement. At the end of every year, more often than not, we say that year flew by really quickly. And I feel like that reality was augmented for me in 2020 with how fast the year flew by. Not only did it fly by, so much happened in one year. And looking back, it was crazy to see how quickly things can change, how drastically they can change. The second realization that I had was the correlation between opportunity and readiness. In my life personally, there's been no shortage of opportunity. Opportunities have come up at all times and in all areas of my life. The only dependent variable was was I ready to seize the opportunity or not? Forgive me if I'm taking this out of context, but for so much of my life, I have felt like the five foolish virgins from the story in Matthew 25. All 10 of them knew the groom is coming, but for some reason, five of them decided not to be ready, not to come fully prepared. And when they went to go get oil for their lamps, the groom came and they missed out on the party. When I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I would look at people in their later 20s and early 30s and say to myself, man, that is so old. I saw it as something that was very far away. And I had a picture of what life would look like by then, within 10 years. I would be debt-free. I would have a house. I would be married. I would, you know, have this and that, whatever I pictured as an 18-year-old. And now that I'm there, looking back, life is nothing like what I had pictured it to be. Don't get me wrong. I have a good degree. I've traveled, I've done a lot of crazy things that 20-year-olds should do, but I wonder if I lived my life kind of how Denzel Washington described young people of today, where he said, we have too many young people who are doing so much, yet getting nothing done. On this side of death, time is not indefinite. It is very definite. In fact, it's like a sand clock where you flip it upside down and the time is actually running out. So the question is, what's the best use of our time? How do we use and utilize our time in such a way where we can maximize it? Is life about making money? Is it about ambition and gaining respect and prestige and status? Is it about relationships? Is it about sex and drinking and alcohol and what, whatever it is, eating, drinking, having fun, partying? What is life and time really supposed to be spent after? Take it from the guy who did all of that, Solomon. In the Bible, he was known as the wisest king. He had wisdom. Not only that, he had wealth. People came from faraway lands to look at his country, to check out his country because it was that well known. A thousand women at his disposal. He ate, he drank, he did whatever the heck he wanted to do. And at the end of his life, he said, vanity, vanity. All of this is vanity. Even the people who chase that today, if you go after purpose, if, you, if your purpose is to go after your you know, pleasure, if it's to, for status and respect and sex and drink and ambition, sooner or later, these people find out that there is no purpose in and of themselves in any of these things. Mark 8.36 asks, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? but then lose his soul? Is it possible for us to live a whole life, do everything that we wanted to do, and at the end of it, completely miss the picture? I believe it is. In the parable of the talents, we read about a master who gave his wealth to three servants. He went away on a trip, and upon his return, he wanted to see some type of return from his own wealth. What did his servants do with what he gave them? Only two of the three did anything with it. The third one said, Master, I knew you were a tough guy. You were a master who reaps where he doesn't sow. So I was afraid and I buried it. And the master said, you're wicked and you're, you're useless. Like what good does that do to me in the ground? You could have at least taken it to the bank and gained some interest on it. And the truth is we're all given time. 
talents, treasure. We're all given something by our creator. And one day you will give an account for it. On that day, you're not going to stand in front of your mom, your dad, your dog, your aunt, your cousin, your teacher, whoever, your enemy, your friend. You're going to stand in front of God and give an account for your life. It's not going to be according to your standards, what your definitions of morality and your truth is. We hear that a lot. This, This is my truth. We hear that a lot today. You're not going to be judged on your truth. You're going to be judged on the truth and his standards. As I have gotten older, I've become more aware of death. Now, I realize I'm not that old and I'm still in my 20s. But when you realize that one day you will cease to exist, one day you will die, it forces you to look at life completely differently. I'm not even guaranteed the rest of this night. So knowing that one day I will you know, not be here anymore, it forces me to not take things for granted and live each day as if it truly were my last. Psalm 90.12 says, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we could gain a heart of wisdom. Marcus Aurelius said that he told people, think of yourself as dead. You've already lived your life. Now take what's left and live it properly. Some years ago, I wanted to make a calendar, but not your normal calendar. I wanted to take the average lifespan of a man living today, translate that into days, and then create a calendar where each day I would rip off a sheet of paper and the next sheet on it would show me how many days I had left to live. Some of my friends thought that was kind of weird, kind of morbid, but gives you a little idea as to the way I think. For obvious reasons, I didn't make this calendar because I didn't want to print out thousands and thousands of sheets of paper. Several months ago, though, my brother introduced me to the 4,000-week calendar, and I have mine right here. As you can see, I've framed it up and made it nice and pretty. But on this piece of paper, there are 4,680 boxes, each box signifying one week of life. So at the end of the week, I haven't crossed mine off this week, but you cross off a week and you get to see how much you've lived and how much you have left to live. 4,680 boxes or weeks is 90 years. And when you can see your whole life on one sheet of paper, it really forces you to put things into perspective. In true Jeremy fashion, at the end here, I calculated um, the day I'm going to die, according to Google, and I marked it here with a red dot so I can see how much I have left to live. Warren Buffett said that when you die or when you get old and you're approaching the end of life, it's not going to matter what you ate or drank or what you wear or what car you drive. The only thing that will matter is how many people love you. Now, I thought that was great. Now, let's take it a step farther with the greatest commandment that Christ gave us to love God with all our heart, soul and mind and to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, the topic of death and limited time can be depressing to some. So let me end it off with a little bit of hope. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 2 Peter 1, 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. How good is it to know that God not only calls us to live a life after his purpose, he enables us to do it as well.